Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Turn Evangelism Podcast with T.S. Myers. Our prayer is that this message impacts your life. If it does, let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and let us know how God used this message to influence you. If you would like to follow our ministry, we would love for you to go to turnevangelism.com and check us out. Let's go to verse 21 now. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Who were we before Christ? Well, I was a pretty good person. No, no, no. Before Christ, we are enemies of God. Oh, but I don't feel like an enemy. Positionally, this is true. It doesn't matter how you feel. This is a positional truth. This is a truth that is not dependent on your feelings. It's, it's just a fact that if, if you say to God, God, you know, you're a pretty cool guy, but I don't agree with this one area with you, you're actually shaking your fist at the, the word of God itself. And you might not think that you feel pretty bad in doing it, but it doesn't change the fact that before God, you're an enemy. And this is who some of you were. Enemies in your minds. And you went on in your wicked works. Well, I didn't feel like they were that bad. I just disagreed with God. Well, there you go. You're an enemy of God. Just like that. But what did he do when you were his enemy? He doesn't say, well, you know what? They're my enemies, so I'm going to stay enemy. He, while you were still an ungodly sinner, decides to come down out of heaven and to save you. So what does he do? He reconciles us. Verse 22. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. It is all the work of Christ. Nothing in our hands we could ever bring simply to the cross we need to cling. That's it. No, you are not the creator and you need to come to grips with this. And when you think that you are, that you can do something that's spiritual apart from the spirit of the living God, you deceive yourself. You act as his enemy. You alienate yourself from him. But because of God and his gospel, because he chose to stick hands in, his clean hands in the dirty mud that you were stuck in, Because of him alone, we can be new creations. And some of you are in this room. And you need to understand, you are no longer an enemy of God, not because you were good enough, but because he was good enough. Is this who you are? Now let's go on to verse 23. And so why would we ever want to give up this faith that we have in Christ? Now look at what verse 23. If ye continue in faith, grounded and settled... Settled. Is your faith settled? Could I shake your faith today? I tell you what, if you're truly a believer, I couldn't. If God's really got your heart, I couldn't. But if if you're not a believer, you might say you believe, but I could. Someone could. Someone could burst through these doors with a gun and say, give up your faith. And you would. Violent times show us who we really are. Right? If you really want to find out who you are, Put yourself to the test, or God will put you to the test eventually one day too, right? And he's going to shake, shake you a little bit, let you be shaken a little bit, so that that which is unshakable will remain. If you continue in faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. You must not lose hold of this fact. Christ alone is your salvation. 
And your peace with God comes through his blood alone. He puts to death the old. He brings to life the new. It's by his wounds alone that we're healed. You might be here today and you might be thinking, I'm too bad. God couldn't save me. And you might think this is a humble position before God. This is not a humble position. According to Oswald Chambers, this is an opposing position. This is a position where you're saying, I'm too bad and God, your blood isn't good enough to save me. Your your blood isn't strong enough to save me. And so you think you're coming to God in a position of humility, but inadvertently it's a position of pride. Jesus Christ wants you to surrender that as well. Nobody is good, but that's not the point. God is, and he can. So who is the Son, and why is he enough? The Son is the fullness of God. The Son is God's salvation. And finally, the Son is God's mission. Let me close out the chapter. Let's just read, and then we'll talk for a little bit and and close the sermon. Verse 23, if you continue in faith... well. We're in 24, but let's reread 23 to understand what's going on. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up which is behind in the afflictions of Christ, in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles. And what is that which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Whom we preach. He is the one we preach. Warning every man. And teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Is the Son your mission? How do you live here on this earth right now? Well, if Jesus is enough for you, he's also enough for your neighbor too. But here's the thing. When you make the word of God clear and you preach it for the sake of his church, people will will treat you like they treated Jesus. That means if he was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted too. This is the cost of making God's word clear. The the dark is going to get darker, and the light is going to get lighter, and the dark's going to oppose you. The waters are going to be less muddied. When you preach truth in a church, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be division. If the church has muddied waters, if the church has muddied waters, there will be division in that church. Well, why? Because those who have mixed into the crowd and are not actually following Jesus are going to oppose you when you start preaching the truth. So the dark gets darker, the light gets lighter. And what happens then? They're going to treat you like they treated Jesus. If they crucified him, they will crucify you, and you need to be okay with it. Why? Because this is war. Other people's lives are worth the fight. For the sake of the church and making them known, it is okay for you to preach boldly the truths of the Scripture. And if people don't like you for it, it is okay. That's how they treated Christ too. In fact, according to Philippians chapter 1, it's actually a sign of your salvation if people oppose you. And he goes on to say this is appointed not only for you to believe in Christ, but to suffer for His name. 
This is a truth that we don't really hear that much in the church. It's really sad because the mark of the true church is persecution. When you live in a world that hates God and you make the scripture crystal clear and you clarify it, people will oppose you. I'm doing a Reformation studies class right now and it's amazing to me the boldness of some of these reformers. Amazing what they were willing to go through and the deaths they were willing to walk towards for the sake of making the scriptures clear. Will you compromise the scriptures and teach people what their itching ears want to hear? You guys will have a mega church if you do that, by the way. Or will you stand on the unchanging word of God and lean on the sufficiency of Christ when things get hard? Well, I'm in prison, maybe 20 years from now in, in America, who knows? But Jesus Christ is enough. I've lost everything, but I haven't because, I've have, because this has never been my home in the first place. Jesus Christ is enough. Right? My home isn't here. It's, I've got a better reward. I strive towards that end, not my ends here. I'm not here to build my kingdom. I'm here to build his. My prayer is not that my kingdom come. It's that thy kingdom come, right? Will you stand on the word of God? Martin Luther says, Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for want of some sweet token, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever, for though all things shall pass away, his word shall stand forever. This is what we preach. We preach Christ, we preach the sufficiency of Christ, and we know about Christ through his word. Make his word clear. Take the risk. It's worth it. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, you're enough. And you are our mission while we're here to make you known, to make you visible. God, you are the invisible God and here we are on this earth and we can make you visible by the way we live and act and what we preach and I know that they're going to crucify us because of it. Because that's how they treated you. But that's okay because for the sake of your church, the body of Christ, it is worth it to lay our lives down for others. To make it clear so that those who are chosen of you would be brought into your kingdom, God. I want to pray right now for those that are in this room. That if there's someone in here who really doesn't know you, that they would hand their life over to you today. That they would stop teetering on this fence of worldliness and, and doing their church duty by coming here on Sunday morning. They would get off that fence and they'd be all in, willing to give up their very lives for you, Jesus Christ. I pray for that person right now in Jesus' name. Now with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, nobody looking around. If that's you and you're in this room and you're on the fence and you know that if you were to die today, you wouldn't be in heaven, you assent to the truths, but you've never actually entrusted yourself into the saving arms of God, I want to challenge you to do this today. To not put it off to actually take the responsibility and say, God, I can't do it. I am a sinner. 
I can't get into heaven. I need you to be enough for me today. I put all my trust in you. Maybe there's some of you who claim that Jesus is your everything. But you've been living like everything isn't enough. And you've been asking God selfishly, God, I want this more. I want this. And you know what? Your mission is not your kingdom. Your mission is his. And he's asking you to get back on track and to focus where it counts on eternity. Not on what you can build for yourself here, but what you can help him with in his mission, the mission of God. Will you surrender your life as well? But for that person in here that doesn't know the Lord for real, Surrender your life right now. If that's you and you want to let God know, I want to be saved for real, let him know in a simple prayer of surrender. Now, there's nothing magical about this prayer. And in fact, your words don't save you, right? That would be works, wouldn't it? It's it's God who saves you upon his word when he says, if you believe in me, you'll be saved. That if you call on me, you'll be saved. It is his work that you're putting your trust in today not yours. Will you go from a life of trusting yourself into trusting him? Is that something you're willing to do right now? If that's you, let him know in a simple prayer of surrender. Say this to Jesus. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. I know I can't save myself, so I ask you to save me right now. Save me by your cross. Heal me by your wounds. And just like you rose from the dead, make me new today. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And be my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that and you meant it, now I just want to do this real quick. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you said that and you meant it, I just want you to slip your hand up in the air. All right, I see you. Now for the rest of you, this is what I want you to do. In the quietness of your seat, with your head bowed and your eye closed, I want you to focus on the sufficiency of Christ. And I want you to ask yourself, are you on mission for him? Do you care more about what this world thinks or are you trying to please God? Do you care about what he thinks? Make a commitment right now saying, God, I am going to do my best to care about what you think over what people think. Just in the quietness of your seat. Lord, I pray for this congregation that you would bless them, Lord. That you would pour out your spirit not on them alone, but on their community as well. And make this place a river of life Let it never become a stagnant pond where people just go to sit and listen, but let it be a river of living water that flows out into this area. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did this message draw you closer to God, or did you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior today? We want to hear about it. Let us know by going to turnevangelism.com forward slash connect and fill out the form at the bottom of the page and tell us what God did in your life through this message. Also, if you would like to bring T.S. Myers out to do ministry with your church or organization, send us a message on our website, turnevangelism.com. 
Thank you for joining us for this message from Turn Evangelism with T.S. Myers. 